came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here, am I, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thy only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together, and they came to the place which God had told him of, and Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. And he said, lay not thy hand upon thy lad. Neither do thou thou anything unto him, for now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thy only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh, yes. as it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. Yes. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. This morning our text will be Faith, believing, and trust. Faith, believing, and trust. Not only in this passage of Scripture do we see Abraham had faith in God, but we also see Isaac had faith in his father Abraham. Whether it's Abraham trusting God in what he said or Isaac trusting what Abraham said, either way, both of them are believing and trusting with faith. Yes. By faith, Abraham rose up early in the morning. Amen. 
And Isaac went with his father without questioning him at all. How many children today will get up and go with their parents without saying, where are we going? For what? Especially early in the morning. Can we wait a few minutes? I'm not ready. But we all have said one time or another that we have faith in God. We believe and we trust. Or we have shown faith in someone. We have believed something. and We have trusted in it. Faith, believing, and trust, these words are so close in meaning, but they still have a different definition. Let's just separate them a little to, uh, for, to prove a point. On the spiritual realm, faith is simply to have confidence, even though it means to believe. Believe is to accept as true or real even though it means to trust something. Trust is to have firm reliance on the integrity or ability, which also means you have faith in it and believe it. If we just keep it real naturally for a moment, you can have faith in something, but at the same time, you don't believe them. Anybody ever been there? Anybody know what I'm talking about? I have faith because of who you are, but I don't believe because of what I see. Therefore, I don't trust what you say. When a father tells his child to jump off of something, I catch you. That child has faith. They trust and they'll do just that. Why? Because of who he is. Because of the example he has set before. But as they get older and bigger, that trust, that faith and belief seems to fade away. They begin to recognize that you, you are not as strong as you used to be. Well, Dad, I, I, I'm, I'm bigger than what I used to be. Uh, what do you think would happen? And most of y'all know my son, Tony, right? Mm -hmm. What do you think would happen if, if I told Tony, Tony, get up on the chair and jump. I'll catch you. I, I, don't, I don't think so. First of all, son, no, dad ain't going to catch you. And, and dad, no, he can't catch you. Here's another thing. Believing in God and trusting God is different. The devil believes and trembles. Knowing what the word says and having it in you it's two different things. Now let me let me just give a take a break.
give example. Coke glass, right? Can everybody see? Coke is the real thing. Huh? It's ready, right? Ain't been open. Thirst is going to be quenched. Can't y'all see that? Amen. Somebody say, I'm pastor about to drink a Coke right here in the middle of service, and that ain't, that ain't right. And I, I'm a, I'm a, what I'm going to do is, sister, I want you to hold that because it's time to, time to enjoy. <laughs> y'all see, ain't nothing in there. But it looks like it's the real thing, ain't it? Point being is this. Just like this Coke looks so real and ready to quench a thirst, and all it did was got over Paris, a few drops, do you realize a lot of Christians look the same way? Look good on the outside. Ready ain't nothing been popped. But soon as you get into it, begin to talk to them, looking for something to come from the inside because you can see such beauty on the outside and you don't get nothing. You don't get nothing. Amen. Sister Paris, you want, you want, you want one? It's, it's real. It's real. That's why we're talking about faith, trusting, and believe. Faith proceeds or is followed by a word. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Hebrews 11 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. The confidence or faith I have is in substance. The substance I have means spirit, life, and truth. Are you with me so far? The substance that is spirit, life, and truth are words. Words are not tangible. Words are spirit. Words spoken are either words of life or death. Amen. When you say something, it's not something you can grasp a hope to. When you speak it into the atmosphere, it's spirit. Mm. Folks have already spoken to the atmosphere today that the Lions is going to win. Yes. <laughs> but it ain't tangible. By faith, believing, and trusting but you got to wait till this evening to see the results. Amen. Ain't the Lord good still? Amen. The words that come from God are life. Yes. The words we speak are either true or they're a lie. But God is not a man that he should lie. 
So what I can expect from God are words of hope that are spirit, life, and truth, and they will come to pass. With this, I can have faith. In this, I can believe, and I can trust his word. Remember, without faith in God, it is impossible to please him. We first must believe he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. In the definition of faith, it is to believe and trust. This is why these words are so inseparable. God told Abraham, take your son Isaac, who you love. Go to the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering. Isaac asked his father, where is the lamb? Abraham told him, God will provide. These are words of faith. These are words of believing. Have not seen the end result, but I, I believe it. That, again, is an act of faith in what God said. We must believe he will provide what is needed. Philippians has told us, my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. You can't separate none of it. If it's going to be supplied, it's got to be by Christ Jesus. And we can trust that and take it to the bank. Remember what James said, faith without works is dead. If we are going to believe God, we should be doing what he says and do it in the meantime, action behind what he said. The work of Abraham was doing what God said. He didn't wait a week. He rose up early the next morning. When God speaks to us, how long does it take before we respond? Don't, don't, don't answer that. Just think about it. When God speaks to you, how long does it take before you respond? How long do you wait? Do you hit the snooze button on God like you do before you get up to go to work? Do you wait for him to call you a second time? What God says to you, how important is it? What are the circumstances around why you don't trust or believe or have faith in God. Let's take a look at 2 Kings chapter 5 for a moment, starting at verse 9. 2 Kings chapter 5, starting at verse 9. So Naaman came with his horses, and with his chariot, and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. Now, just to let you know, Naaman was a mighty warrior, but he had one problem. He had leprosy, and he was sent to Elijah's house to be healed. Verse 10 says, And Elijah sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan, seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, 
and thou shalt be clean. Now, first of all, go and wash seven times. This, this is me. I know when I take a shower the first time, I'm clean. And, and you're going to tell me seven times? Seven times now. Okay. But Naaman was wroth. And he went away and said, Behold, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord, his God, and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. That's what you thought. Some of us box God in. We think that God can only perform a miracle or do something one way. If it ain't, if it ain't this way, and this way is the one, my way of thinking, because I'm so tunnel vision, narrow-minded, if God don't do it this way, it ain't going to be done. God chooses and uses ordinary people for spectacular things. And he can do it any way he wants. And when he wants. And who he wants it done by. Huh? If God can use a donkey to tell somebody who's stupid, not doing what they're supposed to do, surely he can talk through me. See, I'm just using myself. I ain't going to call nobody else's name out. He can do it. Let's listen to Naaman's reasoning. Verse 12 says, Are not Abana and Farpar river of Damascus better than all the water of Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in rage. I mean, Jordan is one of the dirtiest rivers to be getting in. And you're going to tell me to go and wash myself seven times in some dirty water. It looked like the more I washed, the dirty I become. In other words, what he was saying is, I come all this way down here, and you want me to wash in some dirty water. Out of all places. And instead of you coming outside yourself and talking to me, you send your servant. Sometimes our faith is challenged because of the person who said it or what was said. But that doesn't matter. In your faith, do you lack trust because of who said it? In your trust, do you lack believing because of what is asked? What you are expecting or looking for, how important is it? Look at verse 13 and 14. And his servant came near and spake unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee to do something, some great thing, wouldst thou not have done it? How much rather than when he said to thee, Wash and be clean? That's all he was asking you to do. He didn't ask you to jump through hoops. Huh? 
or, or, or stomp your foot seven times and run up and down the street and come back and say hallelujah, he said, go wash. Then when he down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. And you know what I see out of this too? In, in spite of his anger and ignorance and, and fussing against God, God still didn't hold it against him. Huh? All he had to do was repent of that attitude, go down there and do what he said in the first place, and you be clean. Is it, is it simple to us today? All we got to do is repent, go ahead, and do what God has told you to do, and receive the blessing. Yes. Last time I recall, the blessing of the Lord maketh rich, yes. and if no sorrow. Is what God's asking you to do too hard? Is it your pride? That is stopping you? Is it stubbornness? Or because of who said it? As close as faith, believing, and trust is in definition. What will stop you from trusting, believing, and having faith in God and his word? What will stop your faith from believing what God is saying? What will stop you from believing in God and trusting that he would do as he said he would do in your life? Psalms 37 and 5 says, commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. Getting back to Abraham and what he was about to do. Looking at verse 10. It says, and Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. God would not ask you to do this, but how far are you willing to go in trusting God? Amen. God ain't going to tell you, I want you to take your knife and, and slay your child. Especially in this day and time, boy, you being in, right. in court and... and uh, in fact, the way things are, your child may pull out a pistol and shoot you. <laughs> but how far would you go in what God is asking you to do? Recently, just as an example, I experienced two concerns. And it caused me to worry mightily. Sleepless nights. And I heard the Lord speak to me. And I heard what he said, and it stuck with me. But I had to believe. I had to trust and have faith in what I heard. I had two situations going on. They were going on in my life at this time. The word that was given to me was, I will take care of the house just as I would take care of you. That stuck with me. I mean, just out of, out of the clear blue. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't a word that came through Rosalind. It wasn't a word that I heard from a, 
TV radio station. It wasn't a word that somebody else spoke to me. But God spoke to me through my voice. In the depths of my mind. And, you know, do you know God wants to talk to you just as that? And many times, if you would just get in the clean place, mark time and wait, he'll talk to you. Lord, is that you? But the problem with the house came to pass. It was taken care of. So now I had to wait on my situation. In my prayers, I reminded Father, and I thanked him of what he had done and gave thanks of what he was going to do. But I had to believe. I had to wait with faith and trust him. How many have found yourself in such situations? Am I the only one? How many recognize you, you, you've got to have faith? And in your faith, you've got to wait. And while you're waiting, you've got to believe. And in the confines of believing, you've got to trust. You have faith in God. You believe in the word. But now you have to wait and trust all of the above. The Bible says, I am confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in me shall perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Now look at verse 11. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. And he said, lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him, for now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thy only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. Is there anything too hard for God? Romans 4 and 3 tells us, For what saith the scriptures? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. For faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. Abraham's faith began when he believed God would give him a son. Why is that? Because, see, it says in Romans 4.19, And be not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. When he was about a hundred years old, neither yet, he had, he did, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Abraham was a hundred years old when Isaac was born. Did y'all hear what I said? And Sarah was in her 90s. Amen. And what do we think today? But if he was a hundred years old, would he receive Isaac by faith 
Surely in his mind, he's saying, I know God didn't give this child just to take him away. Wow. The question we must ask ourselves, how much do we trust God with our lives? There's a song many churches sing, I will trust in the Lord until I this is like the song I surrender all knowing you're still hanging on to half the stuff that huh do you really believe what you sing it when you sing these songs do you believe them look at Luke 17 5. Listen to what the apostles said. And the apostles said unto the Lord, increase our faith. Wow. They, they walked with him. They cast out devils. They raised the dead. They spoke his word. But yet they said, increase our faith. We do believe, but like the apostles, we need our faith increased in this day and time. Faith comes by hearing, so we must continue to hear, but the only way we're going to continue to hear is to stay in the Word of God. Our trust must be strengthened as we press on. Romans 13 and 11 has already told us, and that knowing the time, that now it is high time, to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. If we ever needed the Lord, we need him now. We need all the faith, all the trust in him that we can get. Let's close with these last couple of scriptures. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Starting to verse 1, it says, But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. We know, we know what time it is. We know what's happening. We can see it. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. He will come and catch many unaware. He will come and catch many doing things they ain't got no business doing. For when they shall say peace and safety and sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child and they shall not escape. How many, and when I say how many, I'm, I, I must refer to the ladies. A woman has no idea when she's going into labor. I mean, I, 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 I remember, even with my wife, they scheduled her a day because she had to have a C-section. But they had no idea whether that was going to be the right day or not. When a woman goes into labor, in fact, I can remember I took my daughters to the movies. 
while sitting at the movie, her water broke. If she had known that was going to happen, we wouldn't have went to the movies. No idea. And we have no idea when Jesus is coming back. Our best defense is be ready. At all times. Whether it be before you go to bed or when you get up. When you're sitting at lunch or when you leave this place, be ready. Verse 4 says, but ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. You are all the children of light, and the children of the day, we are not of the night, nor of darkness. The word of God is making us aware and getting us ready. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night. They that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for the helmet, the hope of salvation. When you exercise trust in God, what you believe is increased and becomes faith. Faith that is increased is tried and perfected. When what you believe and have faith in is tried, it can be a perfect work. It is difficult for one to exist without the other. Faith, belief, and trust complement and perfect each other. Just like mercy and truth and righteousness are peace, Psalms 85, 10 said, mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace kissed each other. Psalms 23 and 6 said, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. With that, my time is up, and I thank you for yours.